Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey, so grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Positive Adoption. Today it's episode 162, What Do You Believe About Your Kiddos? So I'll start with my personal update. I My personal update is I attended Speak Up Conference virtually. That's with Carol Kent and a bunch of other speakers. And it was a three-day conference online. I didn't go to all of it because of my schedule, but it was nice to be able to pick and choose. And it's like having a cheerleader session with a bunch of other women who are writers and speakers who are basically saying to you, don't give up. You're chosen. God has picked you out. He has a purpose for you. Just a bunch of really good reminders. And I did because I'm a note taker. I took a lot of notes. So it's it's encouraging to be with other women who have the same goal in mind, the same purpose. You know, it's just like, you know, when you're a teacher, which I have a teaching degree and you go to a teaching conference and you're all learning these new things, these new concepts that are going to help you. It just is invigorating, right? But also at the same time, draining for me because peopling, whether virtually or in real life, is very draining on my body. And I felt like, on the one hand, the virtual conference was nice because I could pick and choose the sessions I wanted to go to. But on the other hand, I was still doing everything else in my real life, which completely drained me because my husband took a couple days off of work in the middle of all that, which was really nice, but at the same time, spending time kayaking and and doing the other things that I needed to do in my business world, it was very draining. So guess what? I'm going through a little bit of a CFS crash right now. And if you don't know what that means, if you have chronic fatigue syndrome, you do. If you don't, it's like the whole rest of the world has a rechargeable battery that they can plug in and it will recharge quickly. But people with CFS don't get one of those. So they crash. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Let's go on to the community update. Um, I got on and found to... By the way, I deleted Facebook from my phone because I just don't want to be on there very much. And if you really want to connect with me, you can get on the website or you can message me or email me at positiveadoption at gmail.com. 
the podcast episodes that are getting the most listens right now are Summer Reading for Kiddos and Superpowers of Motherhood are getting more listens than any other one. So that one's in the backlist. If you want to find that and listen to it yourself, you're welcome to do that. Now on to our topic. I may not get to all of this today, so I might have to break this up into two podcasts. So let's start with an exercise. We're talking about what do you believe about your kiddos? So think back to your childhood. What's one thing you heard about yourself? What's one thing that was said to you on a regular basis? What's the implied belief, practice, or statement? Just think of one of them. Now, I'm hoping that you're doing this and you have this in your mind. Now, think about your life right now. Which one of those are you still living out? Maybe it's subconsciously. Maybe you don't even stop and think about it. It could be as simple as the way you make your coffee or what kind of pan you fry your eggs in. But dig a little deeper. Go a little deeper. I have a funny example. My um, when that when my kids were growing up, I bought this huge cast iron skillet that covered two burners, and it was flat and it weighs like a bazillion pounds. But that's what I would make the kids French toast and pancakes on because man, I could load that thing up. And my husband, he was just stuck on this little tiny single egg cast iron skillet that we had. Whenever he was making something for the kiddos he would get that one out and make one pancake at a time. And I would ask him, like, you know, why are you doing that? Why don't you get out this huge one? We have this huge one, and it's great. You can put eight pancakes on it at a time. So his mother was visiting, my mother-in-law, and she's a great woman. I love her. And I asked her about that, and she said, well, you know what? When the kids were really little, I would have loved to have a pan like yours, but we couldn't afford it. That little tiny cast iron skillet was all we had and all we could afford at the time. So boom, that idea, that belief, and I know that's oversimplifying. It's not, you know, it wasn't something that was affecting our life or our marriage or in, in any way, but it was just one of those funny little things. So we have deeper ideas about ourselves. We have deeper beliefs about ourselves that stick from our childhood, And I've said before that my hubby Jerry and I were both raised with the belief that you received your value from how much work you can do. And we still live so much of our lives as if that is true. And as I said at the beginning in my personal update, I've been having a little bit of a CFS crash. And we were sitting out on the porch, my hubby and I, yesterday morning, And the day before, I had spent like all day in bed. I just couldn't function. I just slept. And so we're sitting on the porch and we were talking about this, how we believe we have value if we work. And I could see my husband's knees start to go up and down the longer he sat with me while he's telling me, yes, you need to rest. You just just need to rest. 
And I said, you're getting antsy, aren't you? You have to go do something. You have to go work. He was looking around the yard and thinking about projects that he wanted to do. And within a few minutes, he had the chainsaw out and he was cutting down branches. So we were raised in that and we still think that way. Now, not all of that is necessarily a bad thing, but when we believe that our value comes from our work, then it becomes a bad thing. And mine even goes a step further. I have an innate inner voice telling me, if I can't do the manual labor, I must study, read, or research instead. Work equals value. That is a belief that is ingrained in my head. So what about our kiddos? What are we teaching them that they're going to carry into their adult life? What are we telling them verbally or by our actions about them that will follow them into adulthood? Now, I'm just going to stop for a second and say the fact that Jerry and I both have good work ethic is not wrong. And it was a great discipline our parents instilled in us. As long as we pick that belief apart and say, we believe that we should do what we do with excellence, but that's not where we get our value. We're already valuable because God said we are, because he chose us. He picked us out before the foundation of the world. And it's important for us to teach our children that as well. But we're always telling them something, like I said, verbally or by our actions. So either way, they're going to pick up on that. What do we believe about them on a daily basis? Remember, we are mirrors for our children. They see themselves through our eyes. They see the happiness in our eyes or the disappointment or the shame or the grief. They see all of those things and they're looking to us, whether we realize it or not, even if they're saying because of their, if they're a teenager and they're like, we don't want to spend time with you anymore. We just want to be with our friends and you're stupid. That is just teen speak. And teen speak usually says those things regardless of the fact that they're still looking for approval. They're still looking for that joy in our eyes. They're still looking and longing for that love, that acceptance. I'm not saying that we should accept all the behaviors, but I'm saying that we should accept them. Um... I'm just going to make a confession here from a recovering codependent. I can tell you many, many mornings, the first thought in my head is not, this is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Instead, it is, what kind of day is this kid going to make it today? Not the best way to start a day. Plus, who is the pressure on in that scenario? Is it me? Is it the kid? Is it both of us? Are we putting ourselves? Are we idolizing ourselves? Am I idolizing them? 
What am I believing about my child when I expect him or her to have a bad day? What do you think my demeanor is like when I begin my days that way? I'm literally holding my breath, waiting for the bomb to drop. And when it does, my mind says, I told you so. The neural pathway in my brain, which holds the belief about this child, is grooved a little bit deeper. Now, I'm going to stop and give you a few suggestions for reading if you want to read more about neural pathways. The Anatomy of the Soul is a great book, and I will link it. And anything by Dr. Caroline Leaf is excellent. Excellent. I will link some of her books, too. Am I saying that we can positive think our kids into behaviors we want to see? Well, no, not exactly. What I'm saying is we must separate our thoughts from the behaviors and think about the value of the child. We can think and pray in faith for those things that be not as though they were. Hebrews 11.1 has the definition of faith. And I recommend that you read it in the Amplified Bible because it has so much more meaning. It's the title, the deed, it's the substance, it's believing that even though we can't feel it or see it with our senses, you know, with our five senses, we cannot in those senses see what we believe is going to happen. We believe it's going to happen anyway. That's what faith is, and we need to employ that faith. We need to practice that faith with our kiddos, whether we see the fruit of that immediately or not. Now, coming from a mom who has raised her children, and they are all adulting, I can tell you that those seeds that you planted day after day after day when the kids were little and they were sweet and cuddly and you're praying over them. And when they get older and they hit the terrible twos or the threes and you're still like, oh, well, they're still so cute and wonderful. And they go through all of these stages of their life and you're continuing to tell them how valuable they are and how loved of God they are despite what they do. And you show them that unconditional love and you're waiting and maybe they have this, you know what, just so you know, every single child will go through a season of rebellion. Every single child. Some kids do it when they're in middle school, some in high school, some wait for college and do that. It's I would pray that they would do it while they're under your own roof so that you are there. So I know I hear a lot of, have a lot of parents will contact me with the teens that are going through that. And at the same time that I am deeply saddened and grieved and my heart aches for these parents, I am also in the back of my head thinking, I'm glad it's now instead of later when they're out and about in the world. Okay, so I'm going to finish this one statement, then I'll continue next week. We can think and pray in faith for the things that we want to see in our kids as though they really were, because no one else has the power to do this for your kiddos the way that you do.
Now, next week, I will continue this series and I'll talk more about some practical things that you can do with your beliefs and that you can change the way that you process and you can help your kiddos along the way. So thanks for joining me today and I will see you next week on Positive Adoption. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter, plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.